Hello there, everyone. This is Deborah Kuda, and I'd like to welcome you to the audio blog version of this email newsletter. I figure there are some people out there that would prefer to listen to this in audio rather than reading it. Uh, anyhow, I've I've wanted to start a podcast of some sort like this for a long time, so figured why not? Might as well be now. So for right now, for the most part, I'm just going to be reading the actual newsletter um, that you're getting in your email inbox, and hopefully, maybe someday in the future, I'll put it on different places so you can see me on, you know, Spotify or in Apple Podcasts or whatever. But for right now, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. So here we go from the top. Um, I'm sure there are some of you who noticed that one day I was on social media and the next I wasn't. Well, maybe it wasn't quite that dramatic. For a while at least, I was posting pretty regularly pictures of the family and short updates about what was going on. And then I just kind of stopped. That happened for a couple reasons. First off, we were able to get Wi-Fi, woohoo, LTE Wi-Fi at our house in Benin, which in and of itself is very amazing. I found myself spending lots of time scrolling through social media, not at all worried about racking up huge data fees. Second, a project came up for me to be explained later, and I really needed to hone in and get it done. At the time, I was reading James James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and he mentioned that when he was working against a deadline, he would have his assistant change the password for his social media accounts and could only let him know what the new passwords were on the weekend. So I tried that, social media, in my case, Instagram and Facebook, only on the weekends, except I didn't change the password. I just deleted the app from my phone. And something kind of phenomenal happened. When I went to go scrolling on the, scrolling on the weekends, I realized how much I didn't miss it. The time frame was around the end of November, beginning of December, and one person I follow on Instagram was going away from social media for the month of December. So I thought, why not? Might as well try. Around the same time, I also watched the documentary The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Honestly, there weren't many surprises to me in this film. Companies have to make money somehow. Just the stark reality of how social media affects a large group of people when there are no boundaries. Here in Benin, people are just as encompassed in social media, mainly through WhatsApp and Facebook. It isn't surprising to see a whole group of people glued to their phones, but it only fueled the fire to not be on social media for a while. I have to admit that I did sneak download it a couple of times, but after scrolling through the apps maybe once, I would delete it again. And then while I was talking to my mom one day, she mentioned that people were wondering how we were doing in Benin, that they hadn't seen me on social media platforms for a while. I explained why I hadn't been posting, and she said that it is the way the extended family keeps up with what is going on in our daily lives. The positive aspect of social media, right? I realized that I never explained to any of my followers that I was taking a break, as so many others do when they leave social media for an extended period of time, and after much consideration, I started posting again. However, I wanted to be able to connect and share our stories with family and others outside of social media and was stuck on how to do that. Well, not so much stuck, as I didn't want to pay the money to write an email and then pay for a newsletter service to be sent out. Then I was watching Ali Abdal on YouTube, And he mentioned the platform Substack, which allowed you to have a blog post style site with email newsletter function built in for free. And yes, there are paid versions. So here we are, 
Email newsletters from Substack coming into your inbox so that you can keep up with what we, the Kudas, from my perspective, are up to. I have decided to also make these newsletters an audio slash podcast form and quote unquote calling them audio blogs. I have wanted to start a podcast for a while now since I put one together for a fake class I designed while doing my master's but was never sure what exactly to talk about. I guess I'll just start out narrating my newsletters, blog posts, give people multiple ways to receive the news of what the kudos are up to. So a quick update. We are still in Benin. It has been almost three and a half months since the last rainfall. And as some, someone who lived in Western Washington for the last two years, that is a long time to go without rain. We have nice breezes most evenings as it is the end of Harmaton, the season where stands from the Sahara blow south. Lots and lots of dust. I cover my desk with a blanket and still find a thin layer of dust in the morning. Dust is everywhere, but the breezes make it totally worth it. Since arriving in Benin in late June, we have been through two peanut harvests, one good, one bad, and a soybean harvest, fairly good. Due to the low amount of rainfall this past year, due to climate change, daily agricultural goods are in short supply. Peanuts, soybeans, corn, rice, cashews, good if you are able to buy cheap and sell for a profit, but not so good if you are the farmer with little to sell, such is the way with farming. The boys, Aiden, who's six, and Benjamin, who's three, have adapted to life quite well here. Aiden knows all the secret ways around the village and is always hanging out with the neighbor kids, going to the water pump or playing on the playground equipment at the school. Occasionally, his brother tags along. Aiden builds new train track designs on the regular, and he and Ben build with Lego on a daily basis. I am homeschooling Aiden, and once again, his brother hangs out with us, unless he's taking a nap. The boys keep me busy as only children can. We bake, work in the school office, the school office room, go for walks, and a host of other activities. The boys and I have started taking daily walks to our cashew tree farm to check and see if there are any cashew apples, nuts ready to harvest. If you don't shake regularly, people come and steal them right from your trees. Our trees are three years old and have started producing small amounts, but there is great potential. Oh, and our two dogs, Shadow and Skyla, are our constant companions. Dakin stays busy with the different businesses that he is helping out with here. He plays soccer regularly on the weekends, although every once in a while he will say that he is getting too old for the game. Besides looking out for the boys, I have started working on pursuing my doctorate of education from Arizona State University. At this point, it looks like I will officially start the program in the fall of 2021, completely online. Woohoo! When I sent my letter of intent to a connection at ASU in late December, he was thrilled by the project that I mentioned wanting to pursue once I had my doctorate in hand. After multiple conversations with him, I have decided to pursue that project, creating a center for education, research, innovation, and practice in Benin to be done in tandem with my doctorate. I have included the concept paper for the project at the bottom of this update for those that are interested in learning more about it. And I guess I I will also narrate it for you. (laughs) So now I'm in the stages of officially applying for the doctorate program and expanding the concept paper into a proposal so that I can start start to apply for funding. I'm also still working with a class of students in a small village outside of Dasa, about a 40-minute drive from our house. I'm sure most of you are curious about COVID-19 in Benin. I know I would be. Here's my perspective from living in a rural village in the middle of the country. It seems non-existent. I have a hard time grasping that so many are still under lock and key because of the virus. 
Officially, there have been 4,193 positive cases reported with 55 deaths. Surely the actual numbers are higher than this. You are required to wear masks in the streets and on all forms of transportation. Stores and restaurants have hand washing stations, and to enter some official buildings, your temperature is taken. Honestly, I have found this part to be more common in the bigger cities of Cotonou and Port Novo. Although lots of places around our house have hand washing stations, COVID tests are required and you pay before you enter and exit the country. When we arrived, it was $200 per person per test. We had a test upon arrival and 14 days later, but we only paid that fee once. If you have symptoms, the government will treat you free of charge. So a quick little update here. I happened into a bank in Dasa a couple of days ago, and here was my experience. Mask was required, we washed hands before entering, temperature was taken at the door, and no one talking once inside. Just kidding. That is just what I told my kids when they asked what all the infographics said. But really, where we are, I don't even think about it, except if I call family in the U.S. We certainly worry about family in the U.S., especially when there was a surge in cases reported. The world is curious as to why this virus hasn't plagued Africa like other countries and continents. I'm not a scientist, but here's what I could offer. People are outside here more often. Diabetes and obesity are not quote unquote as common. And I would guess that people's immune systems are on hyperdrive all the time here from yellow fever, malaria, Zika, the flu, the common cold, so many viruses hitting the body all the time. Food is going to be a big part of these newsletters. And to start off, I will tell you about my new favorite sauce, which I actually had for dinner tonight. It's called Sauce Gren. Wow, it is so delicious. The sauce originally came from Ghana and that my mother-in-law, we call Ina, knows how to make because she spent quite a bit of time there. I asked her why we hadn't eaten here before and she said, it was only recently that they started selling the palm grain here in Benin that is used to make the sauce. As mentioned, the basis for the sauce is the palm grain, the same which is used to make red palm oil. When the sauce is finished, especially when prepared with fish and meat, it reminds me of a red enchilada sauce. I can't even put into words or explain how yummy and delicious the sauce really is. You might be wondering what you eat with this sauce, and I won't get into that more later, but here this particular sauce is eaten with lapat, pounded yam, otherwise known as yam pile, or even on rice. It is very versatile, and as sauces do, only tastes better the more time it has for all the flavors to marry together. I am looking forward to sharing more with you, but I don't want to give it all away in the very first edition. So these newsletters will be hitting your email inbox a couple of times a week. Feel free to share and ask questions so that I always have something interesting to write about. And I don't have a fancy studio here, so you will hear the goings and things that are happening um, here. There will be a slight probably buzzing in the background from the fan that I have blowing and then whatever else might be happening. I'm recording this right now at almost 11 o'clock at night. So it's fairly quiet. The boys are in bed, the dogs are sleeping. You know, life's pretty good right now. So $2, see you later. And just in case you are wondering, and these are actually in the newsletter, but 
Here are some of the ways that I keep up with news in the U.S. I get a daily email called The Morning Brew, and also I listen to Marketplace, which is a podcast. So thank you once again so much for listening, and I really am looking forward to sharing what life is like here in Benin. Good night, everybody.